that's the... Uh, Good morning. Let's open in prayer. The Lord be with you. Good and gracious God, thank you for bringing us together today. Help us to continue to shine bright for you, to show your love. Help us to spread your fragrance everywhere that we go. And may your blessings pour upon us that we may share them with others. In these things we pray, amen. Thank you so much for being here and happy beginning of the program year. So my name is Cami, and I am the Missioner for Equity and Justice. So I get to work with all of our direct service ministries as well as our advocacy ministries. And two of the ministries that I am fortunate to be able to work with are our uh, Refugee Response Ministry as well as our new Community Response Ministry. So if you... Can, maybe we just need to press the, the space bar. Perfect, thank you. Uh, so what you're gonna hear about today is you're going to hear um, about our ministries, but most important is how you can get involved because the only way we're able to move things forward to help, I couldn't have asked for a better sermon from Mitchell's for, for, today's, uh, for today's forum. The only way that, the best way that we can show and live God's love uh, is by our engagement. And not only our engagement, outside, our engagement inside, and one of the most amazing things about getting involved is that through our relationships with each other, we grow uh, our relationship with Christ. So, uh, thank you for being here. Um, can we move to the next one? Thank you. Um, One of the pieces that is really important to us here is that we really ground ourselves in our why. Why do we do the work we do here at St. Columbus? And that's to live God's love. And here's how we do it. These are our core values. This is our how we're living God's love here at St. Columbus. And the one that really hits home for us here with the community response ministry as well as the refugee response ministry is that we're called to bold action. We practice Christianity to create a just society, seeking allies and nurturing par partnerships to serve our neighborhood, our city, and our world. And with that, I'm going to hand the mic over to John Nolan, who is our new community response ministry leader. Thank you. All right, what is the community response ministry? Uh, in simple terms, it's a listserv. It's, it's a one-stop shop to provide you information. There's a lot of needs in our community. 
a lot of people in our community that want to do some volunteering. How? Where? <laughs> On what? It's not always easy to find where the opportunities are. We're busy, very busy. And so we need something that can curate, to use museum terms, what these opportunities are. Where are the needs? Who's involved in these needs? How can I get involved in these needs? And so what we've decided to do is to form this community response ministry. This, this does not take the place of a lot of committees that exist uh, in the parish and who source their own members to do the good that they do. But this is a place for people to volunteer so that they get information on what opportunities exist. So some of these opportunities may be one-off. Just this past week, we had a need for someone in the parish who's got a broken arm and other health problems and needed someone to shop for groceries. So we sent it out to the, to the community response listserv, and the next day uh, we had our need filled. There are other opportunities that are longer term in nature, uh, but so they vary, and they cover a, a wide variety of errors. Um, we just started this Thursday. Uh, St. Columbus has committed to providing meals for recently arrived migrants in D.C. on Thursday nights, second Thursday of every month, uh, at a church near Capitol Hill. So this was our maiden voyage. The spaghetti was outstanding. The uh, vegetables were almost untouched. <laughs> um, however, the leftovers were served uh, the next day in our, our uh, water ministry, so nothing was wasted. Um, uh, this is a picture of uh, our, uh, our crew that, uh, that did the, it, we had to shop, we had to do the cooking, and then we went downtown to do the serving, and, uh, and also helping the migrants shop for clothing that had been donated. There's a, a lot of clothing down there that, uh, um, uh, that is, uh, uh, is needed by the migrants. Um, but that's one example, and there's a lot of other examples. Uh, sorting clothing on a regular basis, Mondays and Wednesdays, there's opportunities during the day to uh, sort clothing, uh, again, downtown. Saturday mornings is an opportunity to sort clothing. Um, and at Christmas time, um, we need a team of people to help throw a Christmas party for homeless that are staying in a, in a shelter uh, uh, closer to the city. These things come up all the time. If I send out an email to everyone in the parish on every opportunity that exists, these emails will get ignored because people get burned out with all the emails. If, on the other hand, we have people who volunteer to do something and get these emails, it's going to resonate better, and so people will look at them and respond. You have the opportunity by signing in to Realm. First of all, let me know that you're interested. We'll sign you into Realm, um, and you can specify the kinds of things you're interested in. If you can only do Saturdays or Sundays, you'll only get information about things that are available on Saturdays and Sundays. If you can do things during the week, then you'll f get information on that. Uh, we may send out things to say, are your circumstances still the same, or do you want to try and do some other things if a new opportunity comes up? You're not committed to any number of things that you have to do. You're just saying, hey, 
At some point, I want to volunteer for something. I'd like to know what the opportunities are and when they are, and I'll sign in when I can. So, we've got needs again coming up in October, November, December for uh, Thursday evening, and it said before it was uh, a lunch serve. It's actually dinner on Thursday nights. So we have the opportunity to, to do things in the kitchen here before, uh, uh, to prepare the food, and then go downtown, and we get there around 5.45 until about 8.15, and serve the meals downtown at, uh, at Cap uh, Capitol Hill United Methodist Church. But again, things keep coming up, and uh, uh, we support other ministries, but some of the things just come to us directly, and, um, and uh, I'll be able to answer questions later after, uh, at the end of this, the session. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Margie Trinity, and I'm really excited to be here and hopefully interest you um, in joining the Refugee Response Ministry. I'm one of the co-chairs with Carrie, and we are just launching um, a new year for the ministry and very much looking for interested volunteers. Um, I'm going to do a quick look back at the 2022-23 ministry year and then give you a peek, or David's going to give you a peek at what the upcoming year might look at, look like and the discernment process that we've gone through. Um, so it was really a, a banner year for the ministry, 2022 and 2023, we sponsored three Afghan refugee families, um, the Basaris, the Aminis, and the Khanis. And uh, sponsorship was extensive, um, complex, everything from housing to education to healthcare, transportation, food, and housing. And each of those relationships was anchored by a formal housing agreement where we subsidized, where St. Columbus subsidized their rent. But the needs were, were complex, and so the work of the volunteers um, in the ministry was, was essential. And we're really excited that we met the primary goal of the ministry, which is that each of those three families is now independent in terms of self-sufficient employment, the kids are enrolled in school. Um, they're getting their health care needs uh, met. And um, what's wonderful about this ministry is while that first year sponsorship is pretty intense, um, the relationships with those families continue. Um, and I just want to ask the volunteers who were a part of the, who've been a part of the ministry to just raise their hands because there are so many volunteers that made um, the successes of the ministry the last uh, two years possible. So I just want to acknowledge them. Uh, one key thing about this ministry is that we also build relationships with partners in the community. Just a few examples are working with community dental providers who are willing to offer services either on a pro bono or deeply discounted basis. The Afghan refugees in particular have extensive uh, dental needs. Um, I also want to add that two of the families expanded their families uh, during the last two years, and we had several volunteers um, participate in that very meaningful journey with them. 
And most of all, we want to communicate to all of you that this ministry is really possible um, because of your generosity in contributing to St. Columba's annual outreach uh, campaign. So that's a quick look back at 2022 and 2023. And as I mentioned, we've gone through a discernment process to think about um, what the upcoming um, ministry year might look like. And so to tell you about that, I'm going to turn this back to David. I'm David Griswold, and I serve here as, at St. Columbus as deacon. And one of the great joys of my time here has been walking with and behind the volunteers of the Refugee Response Ministry in just observing and supporting the, the wonderful work of, of, of these relationships that uh, this ministry has brought about. At the end of the, right around the spring, late May or early June, I forget, the Refugee Response Team had a retreat to sit back spend some time reflecting on the, what's been accomplished in the last couple of years and take stock of where things stand. The need to reach out to displaced persons who find themselves in Washington, D.C. area is compelling and will be compelling for many years. And they come, will come from various countries with a whole set of challenges. So we will always be able to find work, important work that God is calling us to do in this area. The committee asked itself, but what are we strongest in? What are we, what's best about us? What's, what's the core of who we are as a committee, as a ministry? And the answer seemed to come back, we are relationship builders. The most important aspect of this work is compassionate companionship, building a team of companions to welcome and help settle a family or a few people who come to us facing displacement, crisis, a time of upheaval uh, in their life, perhaps not speaking the language, perhaps not knowing their way around, and leading them, shepherding them through what can be a very intimidating uh, set of challenges. It's, it's challenging even when, you live, when you've lived here for a while, but when you're new, um, it can be overwhelming. So our team of folks involved in employment support, housing, education, hospitality, all the areas of, of support uh, for migrants, refugees, asylum seekers, the committee agreed, we want to continue to do that and be mostly about relationships. Short-term projects are important, but a longer-term relationship is what we can bring to this ministry. So we look around, we know there are going to be uh, compelling, there are already compelling needs from the southern border, which, which John mentioned, are, we have parishioners uh, working to help uh, address. And in the next six months to a year, our ministry will be reflecting on opportunities for the sponsorship of a family or family, at least one family, or, or a cluster of folks who we can be partners with in their journey and be participants in God's transformative work in their life and in ours. And the relationship building happens among us and the newcomers but also among parishioners who get to know one another and begin to understand what it is God calls us to do uh, together as, as a faith community. One of the potential possibilities for new ministry in this area 
is to sponsor refugees who are currently being housed in Kenya at a refugee camp called Kakuma, which is a UNHCR, United Nations uh, Human Rights Commission sponsored camp that takes in people who are in danger, who are fleeing persecution, or pe people in some cases, in the case of a uh, LGBTQ individual in most African countries, they face persecution and sometimes it is illegal to, to be who they are. So the camp in Kenya has a, a, a subsection that is intended to provide shelter and safety uh, for those folk who make it to this place as they await the next step, the, the opportunity to um, uh, move to a new country and become citizen. Part of the problem is that as helpful as it is to reach Kakuma, the people the UN draws to work in the camp are from the local population which, in which there's a tremendous amount of homophobia. So it isn't exactly the safest environment most conducive to uh, nurturing trust and, and um, assisting people in making new connections. So there have been incidents of violence and ostracism and great anxiety that surrounds any LGBTQ person who is in this state of, of waiting. The good news is that the State Department's new, relatively new program called Welcome Corps will enable churches, organizations, private groups of individuals in the United States to sponsor folks from all over the world who meet the criteria uh, to come to the United States and begin a journey into the, uh, our immigration and citizenship system. The uh, refugees in the Kakuma camp are not being assisted to the same extent as some others, and so there's an especially compelling need uh, for, to, to watch out for them and perhaps speed up the process. Um, later in the year, a phase of this Welcome Corps will open up that in, in, it allows private sponsor groups, such as a group of us, a, group, a church group, to identify specific people, specific refugees, that are in camps uh, all over the world, but specifically here at Kakuma, and say, our door is open, our hand is out, we're ready to help this person or this cluster of people to come to the U.S., and we will be their companion for a short initial period of time, providing some financial support and a commitment to help them find employment and housing and walk with them as they establish their identity in, in our community. Um, and we have a conversation that's begun in the diocese among a cluster of Episcopal churches uh, interested in possibly working together to locate uh, housing, maybe group housing, which we could sponsor together. And uh, then through the uh, national group Rainbow Railroad, there's a movement to identify refugees in the camp through social media, have, enable them to tell their stories and have their names be known, their identities known, 
by uh, groups who are ready to reach out and say, yes, we will, we will host you. It's one possibility. Um, the local group's uh, website is called andyouwelcomedme.org. It was established by a deacon colleague of mine from St. Paul's K Street. His name is uh, Ethan Bishop. And um, I'm excited to, to be participating in that. And I want it to be one of the options that St. Columbus looks at as we determine what to do next. I think I can stop here for now. And Hi, I'm Carrie, and I'm co-chairing um, with Margie Trinity. Thank you, David, for sharing that very exciting news that we're going to sponsor at least one additional family this year, and possibly, um, if funds become available, another at the start of next year. So um, uh, I think we've touched on much of this in terms of what kinds of volunteer opportunities exist any of these areas, we're always looking for people. And some of these opportunities can be short-term, like when we sort of collect furnishings when a family first comes and we set up a home. And some of them are more long-term in the health and dental, employment, education, transportation. Often we're looking for a team of people to, you know, if early on when they're not used to public transportation, helping getting them to important appoint, uh, appointments. And also, um, again, initially the clothing and food support. We're looking for a new person to help us um, do more advocacy um, on behalf of refugees and migrants. So, so those are just some of the kinds of opportunities that exist. But this is what I really wanted to make it. Oh, no. Okay. There it is. Why volunteer? And I think what I'm about to share is true for um, the ministry, the community response ministry that John is leading as much as it is for the refugee response ministry. But this is something that the refugee response ministry has really focused on. And as leaders, we, um, you know, this is where we really um, put a lot of our attention is why should you be part of this ministry? And again, to begin, this is a concrete act of faith in which you are living God's love. And so if you're hearing on Sundays and reading in the Bible and hearing the word of God, it moves you, the spirit moves you to act. And this is an opportunity to do so. Um, it's an opportunity to welcome and get to know newcomers to our country. If you want to know what it means to be an American and be proud to be American, this is partly what it's all about. It's about being welcoming to your neighbors, helping them to contribute to the life of this country. Um, share your knowledge and expertise. We've had people do one-time volunteer, um, share uh, a resource, an employment opportunity, a legal contact, and it has made enormous difference. So we've always encouraging people, just reach out to us if you think you have um, some knowledge or expertise to share. This is particularly important in employment and education whether it's adult education or the education of children. This is a great opportunity to build friendships and fellowship 
with your fellow parishioners. The way we, in a sense, I think everyone that's in this ministry can speak to the fact that they have come to know their fellow parishioners that are active in this ministry better, that they feel closer, that they feel like they know people. It's a large parish and this is really important. And I think, um, you know, we really think that, um, you know, this is something that volunteering in this ministry offers. And also to enjoy fellowship with both newcomers and parishioners at our community gatherings. This is AKA Carrie, Carrie likes to organize parties and so do other people in the ministry. So we have a lot of social gatherings, sometimes just with the people active in the ministry, sometimes also with the newcomers. So we had a Friendsgiving, we've had, uh, Margie hosted a baby shower, another parishioner when, when one family moved out of the area, had a farewell party. We like to gather and break bread and eat cake. And, and that is one way that, again, I think what we're trying to emphasize and what we hope you take away is this is about building um, relationships. And now you get to see lots of great photos. Um, so, get closer. What does it look like? Um, this is a picture of people helping one of the families move in. I'm not near Margie, but Margie could share and Sharon could share. This is one of the families that we accompanied um, um, the family as they um, were expecting a new baby, which was born in July. And so some of our um, uh, volunteers, you know, would help with um, prenatal, like the appointments and getting ready and there's also a picture there of one of their ch children getting um, hearing aids. And that was a lot of work by Sharon, who's here, Sharon Albinson. This is one of my favorite pictures. Um, Karen, uh, 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 Carolyn Sterick, who's here, she helped us um, get free summer camp um, through Kids After Hours, who's one of our partners for three weeks and we needed drivers at the last minute this summer. And yeah, as you can imagine, volunteering and getting volunteers in the summer is hard. What um, matters to me about this picture is, um, is the transformative impact of this ministry. Um, every time I see these three little girls' faces, I think about what their life would be had they stayed in Afghanistan and had their parents not made the great sacrifice to come here. Um, you can see they are all completely, all the time happy. They're in Montgomery County schools. They're doing really well. And um, when they were in my car this summer, they said, can we tell you something? And then they just tell you. And one of the things they told me was all about how they want to be, a, one wants to be a doctor, one wants to be a dentist. And what you realize is this is possible because they're here. Because had they stayed in Afghanistan, they wouldn't even be able to go to school or leave the house or go to public parks because they are girls. And, um, you know, I think as a parish, we can take great pride in the fact that we have supported their parents in making a new life here.
these are all the many drives we've had that many of you have supported, winter coats, undergarments. So we support a lot of other refugees. Um, this, we did a toy drive. This is all the volunteers who support these initiatives. These are more pictures of our families. And I think, you know, they're young families. Um, and you can see that, uh, like I said, we, all, a lot of these pictures show that our volunteers get to know them. Um, And these are like, you know, some of the milestones, first days of school, graduating from um, uh, employment training programs, getting their permanent residency, and Omar, who's the son of Fardun Khwaja from our first family, who is now a citizen. And, you know, that's the goal. And then this is us, lots of fellowships, lots of gatherings and parties and ways to celebrate all the milestones. Um, I don't wanna make it sound like there's never challenges or sad moments, because there are, and it's, not a and it's not an easy journey for these families, but um, I think we can say that um, we're, we are, um, we're humbled by, you know, them opening their lives to us and allowing us to accompany them on this very um, important journey. And back to Margie. Thanks, Carrie. And so um, I hope you've heard that um, the needs of the Ministry for Volunteers are extensive. And while there are definitely, and one of the joys of this ministry, are developing long-term relationships with the families, we have plenty of volunteer opportunities that are, you know, one opportunities, whether it's setting up an apartment or collecting groceries, all kinds of things. So um, we very much uh, hope that you'll join us. And the way to do that is to participate in the ministry's launch Zoom meeting, which is on October 5th from 7 to 8 p.m. The Zoom link will be in the St. Columbus e-newsletter, so look for it there. And we've provided our um, email addresses. If you have any questions or difficulty with the Zoom link, um, please feel free uh, to jot that down and contact us or speak with us uh, today. And I think that's, that's back to Cami for the Q&A. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. And before we, we jump into question, I just want to take a moment to thank the leaders of the ministry. It's one thing to get involved and to, to uh, host a party or to do a grocery run. Um, it's a whole nother thing to lead the ministry. And I know that, um, each of our leaders didn't really took it into consideration, really thought heavily about what they were jumping into. So for Carrie and John and Margie and David, thank you. Thank you for making this possible. What questions can we hear in 
attempt to respond to. And we have a, a mic back here as well. I love what you're organizing, John, and it makes me think a little bit about something I've been encountering recently in downtown Bethesda, which isn't far from here. Um, there seems to be an influx of homeless people, um, mostly at the Giant, and I think they may come on the Metro. Um, really noticeable increase of people asking for money in need. There are also refugees now in downtown Bethesda doing the same thing. Uh, I've talked to a couple. They say they're from Ukraine. They often bring their children, uh, and they often have signs. Um, you know, I want to direct them here, but you can't direct them to a place they can't get to. And if they were to arrive, what is it that they're asking for or could realistically hope to obtain? So I'm wondering, um, as part of your new outreach on Capitol Hill, if there's some way to incorporate the community of need very close by. I'm not sure. There's a, there's a migrant network that's been set up that deals specifically with uh, both the migrants that are bused here from Texas and Arizona, as well as migrants that are finding their way to D.C. separately from that. Um, and it's through that group that churches in the area have been uh, solicited to provide support. We didn't go out to and find it and then structure it. Uh, we're just not set up to do that at the moment. Um, so what we would be looking for is information about uh, who's helping in these areas. But what I could do is certainly let the, uh, the migrant network know about what's been happening in the Bethesda area and try and get some information about is anyone reaching out to that group and trying to find out what's going on, as well as uh, turning them on to the water ministry uh, for the homeless in the area, uh, to let them know that that exists four days a week, so that they get a meal, shower, and, and clothes cleaned. Um, we, we found out, for example, that a lot of the migrants were coming to the respite center to get clothing, um, and what we found out is that they're having to get additional clothing because they don't have any way of washing their old clothing. And so we've gone to the uh, migrant network to say, we do clothing uh, washing here at church for the homeless. Can't we set up a structure whereby they put their clothes in a bag, we bring them here, wash them, and get it back to them? And so we're, we're constantly trying to find solutions to needs, and so we certainly could, uh, we could do that. A lot of the people at the Arlington Road giant in Bethesda are black Americans. They're not migrants. So there's a mix. It's just really noticeable because both groups are coming downtown. And I wondered if something as simple as printing a card that has the water ministry hours location and people could carry it around and hand it out because I'm often scratching my number down and I just know that people won't follow through. But if it looks organized and you can just hand a card, it might provide a little hope. That's a great idea. There's a question here. Oh. Well, I can comment. Um, 
I just wanted to respond to that last comment. I live in Bethesda and I live in the downtown area neighborhood in East Bethesda. The churches are very active, as is Bethesda Cares. So, and I know that also from our neighborhood listserv. So I would think if, if uh, our folks want to contact uh, and better coordinate, there's already, there's lots going on there and lots of invitations and opportunities. So I, I just wanted to let people know, boy, those churches are really active in the down, downtown area. I just want to be honest. Um, all three of us, and probably the church, get multiple daily emails about the need. We're part of a, a task force in the diocese, and we get daily long lists. There are migrants living in hotels, on the street, in cars. So we, we can easily get overwhelmed with the need. And I agree, there are many churches doing really important work. So are we. <laughs> and, and we'd love to do more, but we need, we need the support to do it. Um, we're serving meals now. We're going to organize some clothing drives. We're going to, but I'm just telling you, the need is enormous. And um, so I don't, I, I think people should understand that um, it's not that we're not aware, it's that we're trying to do it in such a way that we can um, be most effective. And I think with the, the greatest need right now, particularly in terms of like the migrants and other refugees, is housing. And as you all know, there's a crisis of affordable housing in the city. So what we try to do is provide some rental support and some know-how in terms of locating housing. But, you know, the, the number of families that need this are, would, are far greater than we probably can um, assist. I, I just had one question, uh, which was, uh, we've talked about sort of the whole nonprofit network. Uh, what is Montgomery County and the district doing, and are we are we actively interfacing with them? Because I, I have to assume that there is a significant formal act activity going on with with serious resources behind it. Or am I being naive? No, no. the the city The city is uh, uh, D.C. and the migrant network and other and churches have all been working, trying to work together on this. And so there is a, um, where there's a demarcation between this is what the city says they can do, and there's a gap there between what else is needed, then the migrant network tries to fill that gap, uh, or churches try and fill that gap. So they have been working together. The, uh, I'm not sure what, how involved Montgomery County has been. Uh, it's probably something we need to look into, but uh, there, there is coordination there. Um, one of the things we've been pushing for as we, as we talk to people in the diocese who've been organizing churches, both Episcopal and non-Episcopal, as well as the migrant network, everything was kind of fuzzy to begin with. Uh, we need volunteers. To do what? When? How do I know that if we bring five people that seven other churches aren't bringing five people and nothing will get done that day? Or 
everyone will stand around. So we've, we've been able to push them in the direction of getting more structure to their requirements and communications to make sure that when we send people that they're going to be needed and that they have that good feeling of having been uh, uh, useful. And so there is a lot of coordination that's been taking place. I'm sure it can get better and, and frankly, as this thing continues, it is getting better. There's an organization called Housing Up. Do you work closely with them? Well, um, we're not involved in housing in, in the community response ministry at the moment. Um, so I know about Housing Up, and uh, certainly we can point people in that direction. But we're in the community response ministry. We're not into the housing area or trying to find housing. That's just not something we've tackled. Now, you know, there are people in the parish who are volunteering in different areas, food and friends or other uh, ministries, um, and we don't, we're not supplanting them. They still function and function very effectively. Where I get involved, where the community response ministry gets involved, when they're having trouble staffing or getting volunteers to do the things that they had set out to do, they contact us and then we'll advertise that so that people in the parish looking to volunteer then know that there's a, there's a design need here that they can fit right into and feel confident that they'll be useful. Um, DC now has created an office of, um, I don't know the exact, I can't recall the exact title, but we heard when we were at the respite um, uh, center that DC has now created an office of migrants and, you know, to, to basically address the growing um, uh, challenge of the wave of migrants coming to DC. I'm assuming in Maryland there is a similar office. Um, the, the, again, the difficulty is that right now they can't, they don't even have enough temporary housing places for the number of people who are coming. And so we were there, the night we were there at the dinner, um, two, two of the fam, you know, two or three of the families came from one of the DC shelters. Um, while we were cleaning up, there was a family there. They didn't know where they were going to sleep that night, and they were trying to locate housing with really pretty much anyone. Um, they were going through their numbers on an emergency list. Another family was sleeping on the couch of um, just one of their volunteers. And so it's just, it, if you've been watching the news, you see in New York City, they're basically saying we need more federal support. This is more, but what we're trying to do here, I think, is just to not turn away and not, not recognize that this is happening in our city. And um, for example, um, through Courtney Hunley, um, the parish has been supporting two migrant women that came to the parish, Auri and Mari. And through you know, the network that we have um, and working with another church, they now have an apartment. We've helped them find a, le a lawyer. You know, these are the types of things we can do, but we can't, but the, I guess what I want to say is the number of people is quite large that need help. And so I know you're probably all encountering this and 
That's the difficulty. We're just about out of time, but I think the bottom line is uh, we need volunteers. Um, whether it's the refugee response or CRM, as we, it's a lot easier to say than community response ministry. Um, we need volunteers, and it can be daunting to try and figure out where you can help. Let us help you uh, find that place, that niche, that, uh, or those niches that work well for you so you, you can do good. Thanks, John. Um, I know that, that the intent is usually I'm going to email John tomorrow, I'm going to email Carrie and Margie tomorrow, and then life happens. So they're all three here now, and so are you. And so I'm wondering if you might run into them in the commons and might want to just let them know your name and maybe a way to contact you uh, now so that you don't have to worry about life happening between today and tomorrow. Thank you for being here, thank you for being you, and thank you to our leaders. <laughs>